If you're living the days in the life of an ag teacher, then you'll fit right in. I'm your host, Carly Erickson, and I'm here to remind you to do what you love and love what you do. As always, thanks for listening and welcome to class. We have a very special guest with us here today from Iowa State University 4-H Extension and Outreach. Brenda Allen is here to talk with us today about positive youth development and how it's necessary both in and out of the classroom. So Brenda, tell us about your role here at 4-H. Sure. Um, So my name is Brenda Allen, and I have been working in the 4-H Youth Development Program for the last 20 years. And over that time, I've um, gotten the opportunity to play a lot of different roles. I've worked in civic engagement and leadership development with youth and spent a lot of time um, promoting and supporting youth adult partnerships in communities. And my current responsibility is primarily professional development. And so focusing um, a lot on positive youth development with our staff, our volunteers, and community partners. Perfect. That sounds great. Um, What do you think is one way that we can maintain and encourage positive youth development in our classrooms as educators? I started out in a K-12 classroom. I was a middle school social studies teacher years ago, and as I transitioned to the 4-H program, one of the things that I found to be especially true is that while we focus on non-formal education, all of the best practices or principles that we talk about in the 4-H Youth Development Program are also true in a K-12 classroom. And we focus on eight essential elements that should be present in that learning environment. So this isn't about the content. Everybody has their own specialty or expertise in content, but the context or the way that we frame that education is where the positive youth development comes in. And so those elements include caring adult, someone who thinks about and is concerned about young people for more than just um, the subject matter or the the area of expertise or what they can give to them, but they um, are interested in them as a whole person and care about them in a way that means that they create structure and um, appropriate learning environments. Um, A safe environment, and that safe environment includes both physical and emotional safety, and so ensuring that we have an area where everyone can learn. Um, An inclusive environment, valuing people for who they are. Um, And opportunities for developing mastery um, or skill building is another way to look at that. Um, Engagement in learning. And so participation rather than being um, teacher-led, but instead being student-centered. We also try to focus on um, engaging and Um, connecting our learning to the future. So what is it that we're doing and how does that apply to something outside of this moment? And whether that's next week, next year, or maybe future down the career path. Um, Self-determination. So what is our work? um, How do we make sure that we have choice in our in our work and that youth have an opportunity to um, to have control over what they're learning and or how they're learning it? And then finally, um, service. How do we connect the things that we do with um, others around us and being respectful and seeing that, um, that I have influence on other people? I feel like when those eight elements are present in a learning environment, and not just I feel like, but research says that when those elements are present in a learning environment, then youth grow. And we see the outcomes that we strive for in education. Absolutely. And do you have any experiences of that in your own personal classroom that you think were really beneficial and a turning point for your students? I guess one of the things that I would hearken back to in terms of the educational experiences I've had is when young people have had the chance to have control over their projects Mm -hmm. or um, their work, 
then they really see that success and um, that ownership is important and um, that concept of choice that then they have bought in more um, to whatever their effort is and are excited not only for the achievement, but also to tell other people about that and help them learn more as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So do you think that like hands-on experiences then are a better way to learn in general? You know, the 4-H program specifically is geared completely around the experiential learning model. And when we talk about that, the do component, um, that action gets people excited. But for me, in a lot of ways, it's the least important because then what happens after it is where the real learning takes place, the reflection and application. So what is it that we did and why did we do it that way? And then how does it impact learning for the future? Um, But if we never get to that do, if if the way that we do learning is more um, disseminating information to take in, then young people don't always make the connections that are needed to really um, buy in and be excited or engaged in the process. And so for me, uh, experiential learning or hands-on experiences are critical to make the connection and, and build the excitement. But I also really want to emphasize that it can't stop there, that where that real learning happens isn't just in the action or the hands-on experience, but it's that reflection and application. So being purposeful about that process of talking through. So what is it that happened when we did that? And why did it happen that way? Could we have done things differently? And what would be the impacts if we had done that? Um, And even taking it further to say, So what does that mean for something that you might do in the future? Or how does this apply to um, sometimes it's relationships that we have and and making those connections? Or sometimes it's about like a future career or it can be really broad. Um, But that helps to get that mind thinking. And when we go back to those eight essential elements, we get to that application to the future and and being able to, to make those critical connections. Yeah, for sure. So based on that, then would you say that rewards are something that's important to have for student learning? Is it important to have rewards and incentives to get our students to do things or is that not beneficial? You know, I have never in my um, education career put a lot of emphasis on tangible or um, physical incentives or rewards necessarily, Mm -hmm. unless it's for a unique activity, maybe um, we're, we're doing a contest or a game and it's extra credit or that kind of thing. But otherwise, to me, when young people are really engaged and feel ownership of their work, that's where the incentive comes or the, the reward. That ownership becomes uh, the drive that they need to, to accomplish the task. And so I put less emphasis, I guess, on creating um, – extrinsic rewards and focus more on the intrinsic side. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that that's definitely the greatest reward for students is having their final product and then making those connections to realize for their future that what they just did has such a large impact going forward. Mm-hmm. So do you think that parents should be more involved overall in student learning? Ideally, I think that young people need lots of people in their lives, lots of caring adults. Um, I I hope that parents can be actively engaged in all kids' education. 
I know um, in reality, every kid comes from different family experiences. And so that doesn't always happen to the degree that we want. Uh, but I also think when and where possible, it's the responsibility of educators to reach out and, and try to improve those connections. Uh, one of the work efforts that I am working on in some of my other non-formal work is um, with parents of kids who are English language learners. And they are often intimidated to work closely with schools because they don't know how to reach out or that hasn't been a tradition in their home culture. And so while we often think as teachers that um, if we're not hearing from parents, then they're also assuming everything's going well. Uh, but sometimes it is important for us to be the initiator and make those connections to help parents be aware and so that we can work um, as a team for the benefit of that young person. I know in the 4-H Youth Development Program, it's, it's non-formal ed, and so it, there's a high expectation often for parent involvement. Uh, but we find that that experience also improves relationships between the parents and the kids because they have that opportunity to engage in something that's not discipline or family structure or responsibility related, but about learning or um, doing something that's fun. And as I think about, I know that this um, blog is, um, or podcast is specifically for ag educators. And I think ag educators have a unique um, opportunity in our K-12 teaching system because it's not just the formal classroom, but often through some of your non-formal programming with FFA, and other things, that you get to build relationships with kids outside of the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I think connecting with, with kids on that level is important, but also finding ways to reach out to parents in, in those experiences can build a better relationship between parent and child, but also between parent and the school system, which can create dividends um, for that whole system for the child as well. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I, I agree that, you know, it takes more than just one adult to um, make that connection with a child. And if it's uh, the parent and the teacher working together, I think that that's going to make a big difference in the long run for the future of, of their education. So thank you very much. Um, we appreciate you being with us here today. Uh, all of your information is so beneficial for our classrooms and for our teacher and student relationships and our parent and teacher relationships. So thank you again. Today we're going to be talking about equal opportunities for all. We heard from Brenda Allen speak on positive youth development both in and out of the classroom. And I know for ag educators, this is a really big and important piece of our role. And we see our relationships grow and develop with students all throughout the year, every school year. So we can have students from the time they're a freshman all the way through senior, and we get to be with them and experience every milestone all throughout their high school career and that's something that is my personal favorite thing about teaching agriculture is that we get to know our students on such a personal level and other teachers within the high school maybe don't get to experience that like we do and I really enjoy getting to watch and see our students grow and develop and know that they can come to me if they ever need anything or if they have a problem and we see that a lot within our agriculture teachers is that our students really have this well-developed relationship with us and they feel comfortable and they can come to us anytime that they have a problem or that they need something. And it's really good to know that we can be that caring adult for them 
and know that they're never going to struggle with who can I go to or I couldn't talk to anybody about this because they can always come to us. And so I think that keeping the opportunities the same for all of our students, we can have some students that maybe are a little bit more shy and just don't fully engage to the extent we would like them to. And then we have other students who almost over engage and they really get passionate about every single um, thing that they do both you know for in the ag classroom and in FFA and we would like to see that across the board and if we can make that easier for those those more quiet students who can come out of their shell and really feel comfortable in our classroom that's a big deal. Some kids come into the ag classroom and they already have a talent and finding out what that external talent is from the ag classroom can be your key to getting to know that student really well. We see this a lot with the athletics department. If we have students who are really into a specific sport, if we can engage with them on that level, and then we can transfer that relationship into our ag classroom. I know some students will come up and say, hey, can you come to my volleyball game tonight? Or can you come to my baseball game tonight? Those are moments that you need to take advantage of as an educator. I know we get busy, especially as ag teachers. We have a lot going on both before and after school most days of the week um, and even on the weekends as well. But it is important to show your students that you're willing to be there for them, even if it's not agriculture related. They just want somebody who is going to be there for them and show their support. And that can really help build that relationship for going forward in your classroom and you might see them really go from not giving their best to giving more than their best and that is that is exactly what we want to see going forward. Brenda mentioned that as ag teachers we have an advantage because we are able to create these relationships with our students that most other teachers within the school are not able to create. We spend so much time with our students outside of the school day. And if they're willing to spend that time with us and we're there to spend that time with them, then we ought to make the most of every relationship that we can build from that point forward. And like I said, you know, we can have our students from freshman to senior year, and that's a lot of growing time. We can help develop them and turn them into amazing adults who are going to go on to do great things, whether it's for the agriculture industry or not. Um, but it's definitely our responsibility to make these connections and help these students grow both personally and professionally throughout their four years of high school. You know what time it is. It's time for the Ag Career of the Day. Today's career falls under agricultural education as a soil conservationist. According to the United States Department of Agriculture and the Natural Resources Conservation Services, a soil conservationist at the entry level is responsible for working with landowners in creating and maintaining plans to conserve soil in a particular area. A bachelor's degree in a related field of agriculture is typically required. And that's the Ag Career of the Day. I was one of those students who was quiet and shy in the very beginning. Um, I was the freshman who didn't want to attend anything because I didn't feel comfortable. Um, 
I just didn't feel like I fit in as well as I could have, um, which was far from the truth. I that was my group. I belonged in FFA. I belonged in the agriculture classroom. I just didn't know it yet. And so my ag teacher really pushed me to start parliamentary procedure. That was the turning point for me when I was a freshman in high school. Um, the CDE for parliamentary procedure was coming up and we were practicing in the classroom um, in my intro to ag class and we were just, we were all participating and sharing motions and and going through the whole thing and my teacher came along and would hand out these sticky notes to certain kids and I noticed it and I got one and so I I looked at it and it said I really think you should be on the Parley Pro team and so I got really excited because I felt like it was something I was good at and somebody else noticed it and I felt like I have to take advantage of this opportunity so it was something other than sports that I could really get involved in. And so I went to the first practice and the first meeting and there was other people there all the way from freshman to senior. And I did not come from a large high school. So I knew most all these people, but not on a very personal basis. And so I got to know these people a little bit more and I made friends with seniors and I made friends with juniors. And so then I became more comfortable in my own school. And I didn't even realize it. So it was nice that I had that experience where I got to really develop a relationship with other students. And I knew that my ag teacher felt confident in my ability to be a part of this team. And so I continued to show up for practices and our team became uh, just really well-rounded. And we ended up... um, you know, going to the competitions and doing really well. And so that was a moment for me where I got to see the real results from my ag teacher stepping forward and saying, I think you're going to be really great at this. Go ahead and give it a shot, you know. So now in my career path going forward as an ag teacher, I have those experiences and those opportunities to say to another kid, you know, I think you'd be really great at this or you should give this a shot um, and watching their progress And that's something that really excites me for the future going forward. So when we talk about positively engaging students in and out of the classroom, I think it's important to take some of the aspects that they're really engaged and excited about in FFA and really apply those to the classroom and take that time, like Brenda said, to kind of reflect on our experiences and our projects and what we've really created because that's where the learning takes place. So taking our projects and our experiences from FFA and what we, what we come away with from our CDEs and applying that to our classroom and saying, okay, we participated in this, this is how we did, what did we learn, and how are we going to grow from that? I think those are what we really need to focus on more as ag teachers. I know a lot of times we can get caught up in we want to win this CDE um, to be able to move forward. And while winning is great, And it keeps our students engaged and they also like winning and and participating in things that they're good at. I think it's also important to take a step back and say, okay, um, why did we participate in this in the first place? Why are we excited about it? What did we do well? What did we learn? And what are we going to do going forward? And having those big questions answered before you move forward into the next 
um, the next part of your CDE, it's important to have those questions answered so that your students have a good guideline of going forward what they need to do. We also talked about how rewards and incentives can be something that is beneficial in the right point in time, but that's not something that I would um, revolve my classroom around. I think students know that rewards and incentives are something that the teacher uses just to get the students to do what they want them to do. And as the you know the older they get in high school, I think it really sets in that that's not going to be the way that we can control and maintain our students. I think if you're in a um, K-3 classroom setting, you might have better luck saying, okay, if you stay in your seat, you'll get a, a sucker or, you know, those kinds of things. But in high school, I think it goes beyond that a little bit. Um, I know, for example, in our FFA, we, if we participated in so many events and if we helped out um, after school with certain events, um, there was just lots of different things if we participated in, we would get um, like points. And so if we got enough points, then we'd be able to go on certain trips as an FFA chapter. And so that was really exciting because it was, we put in the hard work and we volunteered at so many events and we put in so much time and then we got to do something really fun as a whole group at the end. And so that was something that I think is definitely beneficial. Um, one year we went on a ski trip. And so that was really fun because we got to go up to Wisconsin and go skiing for the day and then come back at night. And we had a blast. And so that's something that I think your students would really enjoy because they've put in the time, they've put in the work, they understand what they had to do to get to that point, and then they get to go and have a really great day. And so that's something that I think is definitely um, something we can work into our classroom schedules, and we're going to get so much out of our students by doing that that it makes it worth it in the end. As teachers, we are really good at being able to tell when students are fully engaged or when they're partially engaged. And it's our responsibility to make sure that we can keep them as engaged as possible and that they're really enjoying what they're doing. I know for me, when I was in high school, I really enjoyed my ag classroom because I enjoyed the things we were learning. I enjoyed being able to be with my peers and my friends and work on something that had value to me and had meaning. And I couldn't always say the same for other classrooms, and that was a struggle because who wants to go sit in a classroom for a 45-minute period doing something you're not entirely engaged in and you aren't that passionate about? I understand that as the educational system works, we have to do certain things that we aren't fans of all the time, but it does make it so much better when you're doing something that you love and it, it just makes everything else fall right into place. And for me, the ag classroom was a way for me to express all the things that I really cared about. And here I am today pursuing my career as an agriculture educator. So if I can provide that for other students as well, whether that be with you know livestock or row crop farming um, or whatever the case may be, if they have an interest in horticulture or landscape design or um, if they're really into mechanics, all of those things, if I can 
help develop that into their future, then I'm going to make sure that that's my main focus. And so one thing that we talked about is kind of a reflection piece. And I always go back to setting goals. And so personal goals for our students. If we have students that are interested in um, a career in animal science, then I want to make sure that I set a goal with that student saying, okay, what are your goals going forward for your career in animal science? What is it that you really want to get engaged in? And what kind of progress do you want to make going forward? It's also important to say that we're going to do this for all of our students. So it's, it's easy sometimes to fall into only paying attention to your students who are overly actively engaged in your classroom and out of your classroom. And sometimes that's a mistake on our part because, like I said, I was one of those students who wasn't entirely engaged from the beginning. It took a lot of work from my ag teacher to really get me engaged and interested. But I can tell you by my soft, probably the middle to end of my sophomore year, I was completely sold. And I then became one of those students who was engaged in everything and wanted to be a part of everything. And so we can't just say, oh, the students that are not giving us 110% don't deserve the same opportunities that our other students who are giving 110% do. Because I know in the beginning I was not a student that gave 110%. And it took a lot of growing and developing for me to realize that. And I had the help of my ag teacher and my parents and my, my friends. And, you know, so all those things played, played in. And as Brenda was mentioning before, you know, not every student has all of the support that we would like them to have, whether that be from their family or friends. Um, and so it's really important that we step up as that role for them and tell them that, you know, we, we see your potential and you can, I know you can give it to me. And so setting that for them and explaining, you know, I want you to set some goals. I want you to assess where you're at with your goals and how are we going to move forward and make you a better person? And I think students really feel better when an adult shows them that they they can see how valuable they are. They can see how much they're going to grow over a period of time. And that was something that my ag teacher did for me. I felt valued and I felt like she knew that I was going to do great things. And here I am today, a senior at Iowa State University and I couldn't have imagined doing half the things that I've done and, you know, just being a confident person. And I wasn't in high school. And I know we have students that, you know, they're they're on the sidelines and maybe they're a little more shy and and they really have the potential to shine and they can be a leader and they can be that person for other people. And so pulling that out of them and taking them out of their shell, so to speak, and and getting them engaged, that is the best thing that we can do for those students. At the end of the day, it's just really important to remember to balance all of the opportunities for every child and give them the tools to succeed 
And as teachers, like I said, it can be difficult to take your focus away from your overachievers and focus on maybe your underachievers. And it's not that they're underachievers always by choice. It could just be they need that extra push and they need somebody who is going to expect more out of them. And then we'll see them give all that we know they can give and they will become one of your overachievers. (laughs) 